This episode of our podcast is brought to you by Doolaban Insurance. If you live in Ontario, Canada, and are looking for the best price and coverage for your Tesla, give Doolaban a call at 1-855-385-4226 or visit their website at doolabaninsurance.com slash Tesla. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Isolation at Home podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Page. Hey, I got some good friends here tonight. I got Eric Camacho, I got Ian Pavelko, I've got Rafael Santoni, and Mark Benton for the first time on the podcast. How's everybody doing tonight? Awesome, awesome. How are you guys? Right. Good. Great. Good. Am I in the right um, place? Yeah. <laughs> Where am I? Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I'm probably a little bit hot here. I'm going to turn my mic down a little bit. Sorry about that. Um, you know what? Not a lot of Tesla news. We have a little bit. We'll get into it. But I thought we would have some fun tonight, do something a little different, because we're all isolation and sitting at home, and I thought we would have this opportunity to talk about whatever the heck we want tonight. So it doesn't have to be necessarily Tesla. It can just be whatever's going on in your life, what your interests are and stuff. And then a little bit later on, we'll uh, do a product or a, or a book or an audio book recommendation and stuff. We're not doing audience questions tonight because we have one extra guest that we normally have on the show, actually two. And uh, so I think it's probably going to be, we'll have enough content um, to get us through the night. So Having said that, not a lot of Tesla news, but I do want to mention a few things. First of all, uh, Elon took to Twitter and said that Reverse Summon, what I call Seek and Park mode, is actually coming later this year. He took to Twitter here. Let me just bring it up. And he says, we're working super hard on getting traffic lights and stoplights released. Reverse Summon Auto Park is what he calls it. will be part of the core autopilot software upgrade for FSD later this year. Now, last week we were talking about FSD price increases. So <laughs> expect probably a price increase when that comes out. So um, how many of you use the regular Summon? I use it sometimes. Usually sometimes when I'm, yeah, I usually okay. use it when I'm going to uh, wash the car. I pull it out without getting in it so that the windows don't come down. And I put mm -hmm. it back in without getting in the car. Reverse summon is something I think would be a little bit more useful, but I don't trust it enough. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Look at Mark. He's like, nope. Nope. Not happening. Not happening. All right. Well, we're looking forward to that. Um, another bit of information here. Now, just so that everybody's aware, when I talk about EAP, I'm not talking, not talking about Enhanced Autopilot today because that's not what Tesla calls it anymore. I'm talking about the Early Access Program. Now, a Twitter user uh, called Mike Larry, I hope uh, Mike Larry 88 says that Tesla's pushing out 2020 12.5.6, which has stops sign and stoplight support. Um, he did release. He did release a screenshot of the email that he got he says um tesla will be pushing out software version 2020 12.5.6 to the vehicle shortly this software update contains our new traffic light and stop sign control in beta uh it's a feature it says uh, please review the attached release notes so that goes on to say uh, saying that this feature will stop at all traffic lights including green blinking yellow and off lights to proceed through an intersection pull the auto park uh, autopilot stock or, pre or briefly press the accelerator uh, pedal to confirm that it is safe to proceed. That also says that the feature is not, uh, will not make turns through intersections and the feature does not improve autopilot performance on very curvy roads. So anyways, interesting stuff coming out. Uh, remember that this is um, early access program. So these people are supposed to be under a non-disclosure. So, uh, you know, some people are breaking the... <laughs> Rules of the of the term, I guess. But anyways, it's nice to see that this is coming. Um, I think Elon had said uh, some time ago that they were looking at releasing this fairly soon, but um, because of regulatory 
problems or issues around the world that uh, we won't see it for the rest of the world until later this year. So it's going to be U.S. only thing at first. So still no ETA when it's coming out for the public, but just be aware that they are working on it and it's coming. All right. And last uh, tidbit, if you haven't been paying attention, the battery slash uh, drivetrain investor day that they've been talking about has been pushed. Um, it's actually being broken up into two parts. So the battery investor day will happen no earlier than mid-May and the drivetrain will be later in the year. So I think Tesla is going to be splitting these up because apparently there's so much to talk about that they don't want to roll it all in into one thing. Possibly, and I think we talked about this um, you know, earlier this week on a, on a different show, that uh, it could be because the two products are not necessarily ready for one another. So I don't know. I'm just speculating at this point. And late breaking news, because just before we started recording the show, Elon, of course, went to Twitter and started talking. So I figured we'd talk about this real quick. Um, he said that uh, they're working on increasing the dynamic air suspension travel for better off-road needs. Uh, he's talking about the Cybertruck here. He says they want to kick butt in Baja, which is pretty cool. And uh, let's see here. And someone else had asked, what's the biggest change of the Cybertruck so far from prototype to unveil? Elon said, reduce this size by about 3%. The center line is more level and lower windowsill height. So there's the tweet there. If you guys want to see that, that's what he's talking about. So that's the late breaking news that we have for you. We'll have more information as things develop. But uh, anyways, that's about it. <laughs> That's what happens when you're locked down and nothing's happening. Only a little bit of Tesla information. It's mostly uh, Elon tweets at this point. So, what's going on, guys? I'm How's sure. It going? I'm sure that Mark is excited about the cyber truck news. Now, for those of you, go ahead, Ian. Not familiar with Mark Benton. Uh, he has. We know the Cybertruck is polarizing. You either kind of love it or hate it. There are two of us here on the show that are confirmed lovers of it. Uh, Mr. Camacho, I don't think, is such a big fan. Mr. Benton is probably well known for not being a fan. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know very well how, how I feel. It's, I mean, you know, I just, I just think that my opinion is I feel like they, I wish they would have made a different truck. That's, you know, I, I'm a traditional truck lover. Um, I've driven trucks my whole life, and, and I like traditional trucks. But, you know, hey, it's not for everybody, right? I, I think for the record, Mark doesn't have a problem with the specs. He just has a problem with the no. looks. No, I love the interior. Even the front view of it, I don't mind. It's the back. It's that back end that's flat. Mm. That's It just looks terrible. I mean, I, I don't know anybody that looks at it and says, oh, that's a nice-looking truck. If like, the... they think it's cool. <laughs> to me, to me, if you were to think of like a really bad paper mache product, and you were to sort of like make something <laughs> together, uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta take this piece of paper and fold it in a way to make it look like a car, and then your end result is like, oh, I think this is it, and someone's like, what is that? Oh, it's a truck, and someone's <laughs> gonna look at you like, what the hell are you talking about? That is not a damn truck. <laughs> <laughs> when I first saw it, like the specs blew me away, right? Like I was watching yes. the re reveal. I'm like, the specs are amazing. And then it, the sucker comes out. I'm like, what on God's green earth is that damn thing? What? That is not a truck. That's a tank. Like, get out of here with exactly. this. And then I'm imagining on the road and I'm seeing like this week, all the wraps and stuff. I'm like, guys, you, it's okay. The wrap idea. <laughs> no, here we go. The wrap. Here we go. Imagine, to start. imagine you go to the gym. And you see a person 
who's got the worst foot fungus you've ever seen in your life. Nails haven't been cut in a couple of years. There's there's more yellow than Big Bird. It's just the nastiest thing. And then someone says, you know what would be great? Acrylic nails on it. That's wrapping the Cybertruck. No, leave it alone. Just I cannot tell you how many people on Twitter say, oh, you're going to like it if you can rap. And everybody knows I mod my cars, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody's like, oh, you could do this too. I can't wait to see a Mark Benton modded Cybertruck. I'm like, listen, there's nothing that I can do with that exterior <laughs> right. to make it good looking. Like, it is what it is, you know? If you could yeah. somehow wrap it to make it look like a Model Y, you'd be okay. But you can't. <laughs> right. You can't. Right. I've been right. telling my Twitter followers I'm going to wrap it with French fry graphics so that it makes everybody hungry. <laughs> and what? Tell them to try to catch up? I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. Oh. But with that said, I know why people like it. First off, mm. it's Tesla, right? And mm-hmm. the specs are amazing. You know, and people well, don't. Some people don't care about the exterior design. I love it. I love the way it looks. Yeah, I wasn't like convention. that all the time. But. No way. I, I, everybody had this period. I think a lot. A lot of the people who do like it. I don't know a single person. Honestly, I don't know a single person when I drove out on stage that loved it. The universal reaction was. What the hell is that? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it took- one of those things that grows on you. Well, yeah. either you hate it or you love it. But a lot of the people that were <laughs> off on it at first, a lot of people, it took them a week, a few days. I mean, you have to remember the designers spent months and months and months with this thing. So, or, you know, whatever design direction they went with, it's like they're used to it, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's absolutely a shocking vehicle. Well, that's going well, on, what, six months later? And I still, still feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. If you didn't get into it after a week, you're gone. That's that was basically, yeah. I think, the cutoff was a week. If if you didn't warm up to it after a week, you ain't never gonna warm up to this. If you were to offer me a hundred dollar deposit and go, Eric, I'll actually put the money on your behalf. I'd say save your money. Just don't, <laughs> just don't even bother. In fact, just give me the hundred dollars and I'll do better with it. That's well, the crazy thing, Eric, is I actually have a reservation for one. <laughs> that's it. I'm leaving the show. But when he follows through with it, it's a different story. <laughs> yeah, well, I follow through with it. That's a whole different story. I literally reserved it within seconds of him announcing it. I mean, I was like, I'm reservation like six hundred and something. Mm-hmm. But and I was hoping, I was like, please, something change. Please. Make, make those make those panels fall off and reveal the real truck <laughs> exactly, underneath, right? Exactly. I know. I, I heard a lot of people say the same thing there too. Yeah. They're like expecting yeah. that. But it's, to me, it's a hundred dollars. It's a hundred dollars to mm-hmm. just see what happens. It's not going to change. I don't think they're going to change it. Other not than drastically. This. No. And and I won't order if it's like it is. That's okay. <laughs> it's a, it's okay. That's not okay. for everybody. Exactly. I've seen I, it on I, a rap I, video, and you know, that's under true. the right colors, it looks nice. Well, it's certainly attention getting and for people, I mean, remember they're not they're not going to be badging this thing. So for somebody who wants to buy one as a marketing tool, I mean, you can ask for a better product as far as marketing, whether you like it or not. It's going to turn heads. I agree with that 100%. I think the police should jump into it like big time. Ontario Provincial Police have been looking at it very seriously. You know, here's one of my one of my concerns is if that is that 30x cold rolled steel or whatever it's it's legit right mm-hmm. if that thing runs into another car is it gonna it's gonna destroy that car i mean it's a tank. tesla only cares about the occupants in their cars yeah, right. well <laughs> should we i mean it's like it just i mean the safety of it it's going to be really safe for the person driving it yeah but whatever it hits i, I don't know i mean i guess we'll see i'd love to see them do uh crash tests with the cyber truck and like a model s 
just to see what happens. Well, I can tell you there will be yeah. a large kind of like postal box square <laughs> in whatever part of the Model S it hits. Yeah. I mean, it's yes. great. I honestly, there's that's a really, really good point. It's been brought up a lot in discussion is how is mm -hmm. this thing going to compress or crumple? And I have to think at some point it will. When you talk about what this is going to weigh and the amount of energy it's carrying, in the same way that, you know, a frame is collapsible in, in a vehicle, um, the, the exoskeleton has to be compressible in certain directions. And I mean, Tesla being Tesla and their engineers being their engineers, I have to think they've done some calculations to figure this out. Because if it was literally that strong, you'd have this situation like cars from the 1950s, you know, which you could famously mm. drive into a phone pole, kill the occupants, rinse the interior out and sell the car to the next guy. <laughs> you know, I don't right. think they're going to let that happen. Right. In order for you to survive the G-forces, the thing has to compress. There's no ifs, yeah, ands, or buts. Yeah, the so government's the magic, not going to let that. No, exactly. So the magic yeah, but, is going to be how what's going on internally with that mm -hmm. exoskeleton. You know, but, like are there, they'll, 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 they will engineer some weak points in it so that it has some give. That's yeah. what I have to think. They have to. Maybe but you can I think score the material from the inside, you know? I, I, think it shouldn't, I, I think it shouldn't be a, like a negative point because right now um, SUVs and pickup trucks are super, like, really strong. And and uh, anyone that gets hit by one of those, um, you know, first of all, probably the majority of the cars on the road right now are big vehicles, right, uh, including trucks and SUVs. So I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be worse uh, – to be hit by a cyber truck than being hit by a you know f-250 or I, you know. see I, I would i would politely disagree with that and and for two reasons that i think number one is the overall weight and mass of a moving vehicle is completely different for example on a ford f-150 versus a cyber truck now we obviously don't know the performance test but we know that the acceleration the way that the vehicle is going to move the way it's contoured the, the material is made out of you don't find that like you don't drive a bulletproof ford Right. Like you're not driving that car. The car is designed to have some give when it gets impacted. And I've seen a number of pickup trucks and accidents that the cab is almost demolished because just the way the force is and, and the fight. Right. It's just that's what's going to happen. You know, what I mean, the Cybertruck from end to end is a massive freaking beast. So it is entirely possible that the force of the Cybertruck hitting the same passenger vehicle at the same rate of speed will be completely different than a Ford F-150 hitting the same vehicle. Now, again, height off the ground, you know, there's other factors at play here. But I think the trucks that we have today are going to be a little less uh, damaging than the Cybertruck. Number two is the... The, the purpose of the Cybertruck, the way they designed it, is to be almost an indestructible vehicle. So by and large, they're telling you from the very outset, this is meant to take a beating. If they're saying you can drive it up a freaking creek in the middle of the woods and actually literally have a bear on your roof holding a machete like, let's go! I mean, that's the way they're going to market it. Uh, uh -huh. it's, it's, you know, look, had the glass not broken when it was hit with the ball... Right. I mean, that infamous video that we know, it still shows you like they're smashing this with a sledgehammer. And everyone's like, nope, not a dent, not a scratch on it. If I take the same sledgehammer and hit a Ford F-250, I'm denting the hell out of that damn door. Right. So they're, they're, that alone is going to tell me that th if there were to be a collision, it's going to be really bad for the person outside of the Cybertruck. I, I just think that what, he, um, what Trevor said about uh, them probably designing something so that it crumples properly mm -hmm. is it's going to have a lot to do with the security for the other 
vehicles, right? Right. But I mean, you're still talking about a stainless steel tank coming at you. (laughs) I've seen more than one person comment on the internet. Well, what about pedestrians? You, you can uh, hit a pedestrian with a with a motorcycle and you can kill them. So, yeah. well, exactly my point. Like, I mean, uh, like I mean, at what point are we protecting up. pedestrians now? But like, I don't think. But yeah, coming back to the pickup comparison, I don't think there's any difference with a heavy duty pickup. I mean, you look at the height of the hood, the grill, everything else. I'm sorry, I don't. You know, unless you're eight feet tall, you, you're not going over and crumpling into the nice, you know, sort of soft landing of the hood if you are as you are in a passenger car. I think it's the same concern. I don't think there's any modern pickup which is particularly uh, friendly to pedestrians. The, the, the crash thing, I want to see vehicle to vehicle. I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of open question marks there. But I don't think any pickup truck is any pedestrian is going to fare well against any pickup truck. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, I compared it to the F250, right? The yeah. F250 is beefier, and there's a bunch well, of it's a lot truck. higher. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the, you're talking like the top of the hood on these things is coming at your neck. So I don't care which pickup truck we're talking about. You're you're just not going to do well. Mm-hmm. Well, not to mention they got the 350 and the 450, which are even bigger. <laughs> right, 550, 650. Yeah, and yeah. you get the commercial ones. Yeah, what are we treating exactly. these like Fast and the Furious sequels? What are you talking about here? <laughs> Big trucks. Big trucks are in, man. Mark has a. What do you have? A Ram 1500. Uh, yeah, yeah, Bighorn. Uh, I, I, I gotta say this is this isn't like an America thing. It drives me nuts. It's it's a disgusting culture. Mark, please, I'm trying not to kill Mark. It is it is nothing more than a male culture of I gotta have a big effing truck. There's a reason. I, I'm almost I'm almost guaranteed the reason Ford has them F something is because F stands for something that isn't Ford, right? Like it's just and the bigger the bigger the number, the bigger the balls. Like it's just one of those things. I'm like, like I saw a guy I saw a guy trying to park at the mall a while back before uh, the uh, the coronavirus thing happened, and he's parking at the mall and he's got this massive Ford 350 and it is just a beast and the only spot he's trying to get into is like a compact spot because he's just <laughs> I gotta run in really quickly and get something and right he took he literally had to park across the spot so he literally took up like five parking spaces because he's like I gotta run in for a second and I'm like guy and he's like what's the big deal I'm gonna be right back <laughs> that it's that I can drive anywhere park anywhere do whatever I want because look at the size of my truck and I'm like to me you better have the <laughs> tiniest balls ever because seriously you're making up for something <laughs> do you know who else feels that way Eric Every, everybody that's bought the cyber truck oh my god that's why they're buying the cyber truck they want a big beast thing yeah it's this hunk. I've got a buddy who's got a Dodge Ram um, uh, dually, mm-hmm. and he's got a ten-inch lift on it with forty-inch <laughs> tires. It is a monster. I posted it actually on Twitter a while back. It's a month. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like he right. can't even pull in a parking spot. You know, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like it's like a Mission Impossible. You know, trying to get into like the. the I'll be right back. I'll be back in six minutes. Where are you going? I got to get in my truck and get my keys. Like, what are you talking? But the about? nice thing is it is it tows a fifth wheel. Uh, really nice mm-hmm. because it's so big it tows really really well that's why a lot of people get big trucks is because the heavier your vehicle is the better it tows but there are a ton of people i know that have that truck that don't tow a damn thing well like most people, most well, people I might, I, right they I might, might need they might to carry a sheet of plywood someday i might need to carry a, ple- a sheet of plywood someday maybe so i need to buy G- one gee if only your model x could ever fit that oh my goodness what are we oh no 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 not never in the fabergé egg no 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 <laughs> <laughs> Splinters. I want to have a truck for the road trips, and I'm going to camp in that sucker. 
That's what I wanted well, for. That's one I, of the reasons I like the Cybertruck. Now, we, we may all disagree on the styling, but the one thing I love about it is you don't have to apologize for driving this massive vehicle. I mean, finally, something that's environmentally friendly. The body mm -hmm. will last forever. You can recycle the stainless steel. I mean, you know, it's got a tiny fraction of the carbon footprint, assuming you run it over a long lifetime. And there's no reason that truck shouldn't run 20, 30 years, who knows how long. You, you're always going to apologize because you're going to park somewhere and someone's going to see you get out and they're going to look at you and they're going to go, Ian! And you go, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> I had to get it. I'm sorry. I know it's big and it's taking up all this room. I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know I, I know I wrapped it fuchsia. I'm sorry. I wanted it to <laughs> no. stand out. No, I, for the record, I'm probably the only person in, on this podcast or in the community who does not actually have a Cybertruck re reservation because I, I can't even I fit in my one. garage. I, I don't have anything. Oh, that's true. You don't have one either. Okay, so I don't feel so bad. My but. angle my angle with the truck is is because it, it came from the other person that lives with me because she's made a lot of noise about when we retire, early part of retirement, she would like to have an electric RV. And I told her. The problem with electric RVs is that there's not a lot of them and you're not going to buy a used one because they devaluate so quickly. Yep. They're going to be super expensive. So I said, why don't we buy, and the problem with an RV, and she wants a motorhome specifically because you know what happens with motorhomes, right? Every time you want to go somewhere, you either got to drag another car with you or you got to unplug the damn thing if you want to go into town to get groceries. It's not practical. So I said, well, what about this? We can we can have an electric pickup truck that has the interior space of a Model X pretty darn close. That was very nice. She she certainly appreciates that. And it can tow something and we can buy a cheap camper. And she was like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. So she hasn't fought me on the issue ever, ever since. So That was actually my plan, Trev. I, I wanted yeah. to buy the truck so I could so I could take it and camp. I mean, plug in mm -hmm. an R V spot, charge it up. I mean it's it's, it's awesome. perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. Except, and who knows? Go ahead. Except. Except for the styling. Yeah. And it, and I just, I've got to like my cars. You know, if you're spending that kind of I'm money, not, I, you mm -hmm. know, it's I, I agree with you 100%. If the car was ugly, if I perceived it as ugly, I would not be interested. Oh, I don't wait, see the Cybertruck as. the car is ugly? The car no, is I ugly. See, no. <laughs> for you, for you, for it you. is in the eye of the beholder. I don't find the Cybertruck <laughs> to be ugly. I find it polarizing and is and, I, and i'm with mark i'm i'm not a hundred percent on the back end everything else about the truck i'm okay with the back of the truck that lift gate or the the gate on the back the fact that it's flat and it's angled back slightly throws it off and i've come around to it but i'm still not 100 percent in love with that function so let me, let me put it to you this way i find it attractive in the same way an m1 abrams tank to me is attractive i see that and i just think it's a amazingly cool vehicle i see the cyber truck it's this like it's this it has a more military appeal to me it looks like a military yep, vehicle yeah. and it's cool oh, that's deliberate yeah it, i i just love looking at it for the same reason as i do any armored vehicle but they're not beautiful in the conventional sense no way mm -hmm. no how that they're, right. it's a different kind of thing it's a different kind of appeal you could never call it beautiful but I will say, cool. though, I will say, though, that there is a huge difference. And we know this with every vehicle they've ever made. There's a difference between reservation holders and owners. And I think a lot of people like Mark mm -hmm. may go, listen, $100 here, take the $100. But when it actually comes time to having to make the order, they're going to go, you know what? Let me get that $100 <laughs> back from you. I'm going to actually say no. Um, because I think the, you know, a lot of folks were like, OK, it sounds amazing. Let's just do it because it's Tesla. Oh, my God, it's Tesla. And at some point, cooler heads will prevail and see, mm -hmm. people are going to have a chance to kind of really think about it. And again, the, the financial investment is big for some people. And I'm willing to put a wager on this. The, unfor the unforeseen 
economic downturn that's occurring now because of the pandemic mm. for a lot of people will really change what their fiscal decisions are in the years to come. Because when you're seeing nearly 10% of the U.S. workforce right now being unemployed or furloughed, when you're seeing uh, 22 million people who are filing for unemployment uh, just in the last month, which has wiped out all of the gains since our last depression eight years ago, um, that, that's for some people like, yeah, I got a $1,200 check from the IRS this week. Wonderful. That doesn't cover my mortgage. It's nice extra money. And then we see articles come out of like, hey, you, you know what you should do with that money? Buy an electric bike. No, it's that's not where we're at right now. Um, not naming names. Not I'm just saying, just throwing it out there. Um, but yeah, it, it literally, it's. I think a lot of folks are now. How much is this going to hamper the economy? And are they going to say, listen, I really, I really would like to do that, but I can't afford now because I'm X behind on you know months or well, this situation's putting. Yeah, I think this push. This situation's really. Put, yeah, it changes everything. You know, the first thing that people stop doing is they stop buying expensive things. Like mm -hmm. they don't buy homes and they don't buy cars. Yeah. And, you know, when the economy tanks like this. Um, as far as the Cybertruck is concerned, I think the latest number floating around is somewhere in the vicinity of 600,000 reservations at this thing. How many reservations do you think they would have had had they actually asked people for $2,500? Ooh. Half. Way, way down. I, think way I, would, say, I would say I would say at least half. 100 bucks is like throwaway money. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? 1000 bucks, even 1000 bucks would be like, yeah, they probably have very close to those numbers. I, I mean, mean look Model, what 3, happened with the Model, Model 3 had 150,000 yeah. reservations when they went live uh, at the reveal on March 31st of 2016. Like, and they had half a million uh, right, six months later. Right, so. right. I mean, and, and, that's, and that's a very slow trending thing. I think a lot of people also were like, I'm going to hold off and wait till I see it. And then the numbers really spiked, but still have 150,000 reservations before the thing's even seen. CyberTurk was like, you can actually make a reservation right now. Okay, $100, here you go. Yeah, but don't forget um, the Model Y. Like a, a year ago, before it went into production, they yeah. were at, they were not asking for a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks. They wanted twenty five hundred. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what we did. It mm -hmm. laid down to now. They're doing a hundred. Yeah, but but well, yeah, exactly. I'll tell you, I'm I'm not sorry. I'm not the least bit worried about demand for one thing, and it's it's the elephant in the room that nobody seems to discuss with this, and it's the commercial operators. Commercial operators could give a damn what this thing looks like, and I don't think too many of them. I know there's a lot of companies, the smaller companies, put some reservations in, but I don't think we've seen anywhere near what the total demand for this thing is because when you show a bean counter here's what it costs to run your current fleet here's what it oh, costs yeah. to run the cybertruck fleet it's an open and shut case they could care less what it looks like oh no maintenance like cut my energy costs in half done how many how many are we ordering that's what it's going to be i mean oh, yeah, down. absolutely especially with the price of the cybertruck because when they rolled it out and they said forty thousand as starting price yeah. i'm like we were all expecting i mean i always I always thought it would be a minimum of 60 going in. And then when Elon sure. started talking, well, we'd like to get it around 50. And then he dropped a mic at 40. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, but I how mean, many Ford you know. Rangers are on the road versus like a Ford 250? You know what I mean? Like people. Well, we, talk we, to we, Mark. How much was your how much was your Ram? Uh, it was 45. And it's, yeah. it's pretty nice. I mean, yeah, it's really what, nice. For, what I think yeah, what's the, the base price on one of those, though? Uh, I think it's 29. 30, okay. somewhere around there. Right. Yeah. So yeah, but I, th but not, I think for Cybertruck, most folks who, especially for in like the fleet we're talking about for some of the companies, you want to go on the higher end. You need a more a higher performing truck. So we are you are talking now sixty, sixty five thousand dollars, you know, seventy thousand dollars in some cases after taxes, deliveries, and that sort of thing. Now, it, it, at some point, you have to figure out even if you're looking at forty thousand on the low end, most people who are the average consumer might be fine with that. But for people who know trucks, who want performance, towing capacity, et cetera, range and everything else, we mention all the time, you want to get the bigger battery if you're going to do stuff with towing. 
Uh, so you're, you're not, you're not, I'm telling you, you're not going to see $40,000 cyber trucks on the road a lot. You're just not. Well, well, not, fleet, not only, I, I think a fleet you will. I think yeah, fleet you will, see, you will see base models. Yeah, you'll see a lot of those. In, mm-hmm. in Central California, we have a, a lot of farm farmland farmers, and there's white F-150s everywhere. Everywhere. Like, and that's what they drive. It's just white F-150s. Yeah, same thing out here. Farm country is the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. F-150s everywhere. So yeah. I, I think in that, that sense, there's going to be a lot of them sold. But I wonder what they're even, what their production is going to, what, what are they looking at for production? You mm-hmm. know, maybe they can only make 200000 a year. Well, I mean, okay, that's good. And they'll sell everyone they probably can make. Oh, I'm sure they will. But are they really making a dent into the, the whole pickup market? You know my argument again. If you see me on Twitter, I don't think it's going to make a huge dent. I also, I also don't market. see this being big globally. I, I see no. it being biggest here in North America, and this, and the numbers outside North America, there'll be some, but it's going to pale in comparison. It's going to, it's going, I think it's going to be a god awful seller overseas. God awful. But that's, but there is no pickup market overseas. There right. no, but, maybe, but even then, maybe they do in I, Australia, but it's smaller pickups, yeah, not the big course. beast and, that we're used to. Part of it is because there's no real estate to park a vehicle of that size on the street somewhere. <laughs> right. Well, in Europe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's here's a question for you guys. As a as a whole, with the Cybertruck, do you feel like it falls into Tesla's mission as a whole of, of trans, you know, changing people over from ICE cars and vehicles to EVs? I do. I don't. I'm going to put a, a really definitive we'll see because I, I, I know where you're going with that question mark and it's a very valid one because we know what the sales figures are like F150 sells around 800,000 units a year if you combine you know the Chevy and the GM pickup it's around the same thing throw some ram numbers on there just the big 3 we're talking over 2 million pickups a year and if we think the most they can sell out of these is 2 or 300,000 like is that really doing the job of converting all those so I'd say it all depends on the commercial operators. I think they're the big question mark right now. It could put a decent dent because I think commercial guys will go for it. But here's what it's doing it is where I really think it supports the mission is it's forcing everybody else to accelerate their plans. This seems to be an underappreciated part of what Tesla does in every market segment. The three forced Mercedes, BMW, uh, Audi, all to get in, you know, to, to get more serious about electric vehicles. Same thing with Volkswagen, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this is going to do the same thing. We saw immediately Ford accelerated their electric pickup plan. GM now is going full bore. You know, they just the Hummer their, coming out next month. Exactly. You know, and then you've got other startups who are, are in the water as well, like Rivian. You know, and money's getting poured in there. So maybe you're right, Mark. Maybe it's not going to capture the amount of market it should have had it been a more conventional vehicle. I, I totally agree with you there. But I think the the, the market forcing effect to do Every, get everybody else electrified at a more accelerated rate. In that sense, I think it fulfills the mission. I, I would agree with you. If you were to talk to Elon, he could care less how many cars he sells. His mission is to get the rest of the industry to get off their duffs and do something. Yeah. So if it's if if it's a catalyst, that's what matters to him. So I'm looking at while you guys were uh, chatting, I was looking up some stories here. It looks like uh, in 2019, uh, in the first quarter of 2019, uh, pickup trucks held a 16.5% of new vehicle registration in the market. And they had a, uh, a vehicles in operation rate at 20%, which is the highest of any vehicle. It's a massive market. It's massive. A, it's massive. It, it, it is a I'm, massive. And market. that's what I'm saying. I think in the U.S. you're going to see that market. Well, I don't uh, think that Tesla would want to leave money on the table in that market segment. I mean, if you were to look at a bunch of other market segments, I mean, if you really think about it, as far as the transportation sector is concerned, from passenger vehicles, it's like the last thing that they could enter. 
I mean, yeah, you got vans and stuff, but I don't think the van well, market's really But the really thing, too, huge. is that, like, you know, Ford, Chevy, GMC, um, you've got um, Toyota is in the market, um, Honda's in the market, but, like, really, other than, like, Toyota, Chevy, GMC, and Ford, the rest are, like, trying to, like, have decent numbers, but it's not like the, the Honda um, Ridgeline and some other pickup trucks are really doing all that well. I mean, they're selling Those a few Chicago. units, but they're, yeah, but, like, they're not, they're not, it, they're certainly not Ford, GMC, no, and Chevy in the market. Yeah. So the yeah. number the numbers are there. So I mean, but is Tesla going to be more of that lower end, or they're getting a very small percentage of the overall market? Are they really going to hit their numbers between Ford, Chevy, and GMC? We'll have to wait and see. Ian's favorite thing. Well, we'll see. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that those three powerhouses in pickup trucks are going to really hold their numbers. Uh, I think it's the other ones that people might go, eh. You know, we'll see how. They I think do. those big three are like, thank God. Tesla did not make a, a, a traditional truck right. because oh, they would have, Tesla would have ate their lunch. Well, yes, I think Rivian, Rivian's the one you got to watch out for. When Rivian yeah. finally gets their truck to market, and they saw some, we saw some promo videos come out this week of like camping scenarios and stuff. I think they're the ones that are really going to affect the numbers of those big three more so because they have a traditional look of a truck. Go ahead, Raphael. I have something else to say. Yeah, so, so, what do you, what do you guys think about? Um, Elon has said several times that uh, if the if the Cybertruck doesn't sell well that it's going to be easy for them to do a normal looking, you know, traditional looking uh, pickup truck. And I, I think their intent is like, if this thing doesn't sell well, we may, you know, step it up a notch and do something that is more appealing to the masses. It's entirely possible. And I don't see them. I, I would say that if, if he deems that the Cybertruck or they deem the Cybertruck is a failure, whatever that constitutes, mm -hmm. then yeah, I could see them absolutely doing that. But somehow I just don't think it's going to be a failure. I think people are just going to buy it because it's got the Tesla, you know, it's going to have the DNA, it's going to have autopilots, all the, th you know, it's going to have everything that Tesla uh, people expect. Plus, and this is the other part that I wanted to add in. <clears throat> We haven't seen the accessories for this thing yet. Apparently, they're working on a whole pile of really cool things for this thing. So yeah. I think that if Tesla puts as much effort in designing the car in, in accessories for this thing as they do with the car, it could actually put them in a different market segment. Um, you have to understand, I mean, in the pickup truck market in general, talking about the big three, accessories are all the rage. I mean, you can buy literally everything. Mark can probably attest to that. With I Tesla just, being new on the market, it's yet. just like, you know what I mean? So with Tesla being on the market, I'm sure that they would want to jumpstart the accessory market for their product. And what better way to do it than using their design acumen to actually come up with some very interesting things. I mean, we've already seen very quickly some pictures. Unfortunately, I've asked Elon, yeah, I tried to get his attention on Twitter, um, to try and get some higher resolution pictures of the sales. You know, the two sales that open up, there's storage space in there. Um you know, there's also pictures from the promotion on the website about the, you know, this proposed camping attachment on the back and the kitchen and, you know, all the things that Rivian's toying with, I think would really set this apart, not only as a pickup, but as a, a sport activity vehicle or a lifestyle type of mm -hmm. uh, thing. I mean, the Tesla's very good at that type of thing. So, yeah, I, don't I don't know. Think, I don't think they're ever going to make a, a normal truck. I, I don't, I don't think, so. think so. I think they're going to sell as many as they want, whether it's 200,000 or 300,000. And I think that, and that's and there's yeah. nothing wrong with those numbers as long as it's profitable. And Tesla, we know that they can be profitable when they want to be. Right. Um, I think that's more than enough to you know to to recoup their costs. I, I can only imagine that that thing with the amount of torque that's going to have, 
Like, I mean, you can experience that even in your Model 3s, for example. Like, you, you, if you have ramps and you try to put your car in ramps, uh, on our cars, it's like, it's a zero effort thing, right? If you're going, um, you know, camping for a week or something like that, you have to go through trails and whatnot. And especially now that they said that they're going to increase the height, the lift for the suspension travel. I mean, it's going to be a great vehicle to just isolate yourself. It's gonna, it's gonna have freaking solar panels to charge very, very small amount, but it's gonna have it, right? If I mean, I don't know. I think it's gonna be a crazy truck. I, I'm, I can't wait. I think for market segment, it's gonna fit a market segment. It's not gonna be for everybody, yeah. But it's, it's exactly. They, they need, they need a halo car somewhere, and it's not just the Roadster. It's got to be something else as well, because every manufacturer has some kind of halo car, right? So the Roadster will be the halo car for the supercar thing. But I thought, as, as far as their other cars are concerned, I think this is has real potential to be something truly different in a lot of ways. Anyways, I think we beat this thing to it. I mean, we beat this horse to death. All right, let's talk about something else. What do you guys want to talk about? Hmm. Crickets. <laughs> what have you been up to, anyways? Mark, what have you been up to in California, anyways? Are you going to talk about the uh, referral wheels? Yeah, you know what? That's pro- yeah, that's a good point. Um, mm-hmm. One of our... Uh, our t- <laughs> Sorry about that. I know, we're a little over the map right now because I said we literally have no agenda tonight. <laughs> but I thought I would pu- I would punch in here real quick. Um, one of our Twitter followers and forum member, Poosh, P-O-O-S-H-3, posted some pictures um, on the forum. And I've pulled them down here. These are the referral wheels, folks. These are the ones for the Model 3. And uh, they are literally the same ones that you can get for the performance package for the performance Model 3. These things look really sick. God, they look nice. I want a set so bad. They look gray. I think they're <laughs> yeah, the same they gray that's, that are on the performance Model Yeah, 30. it's like a space gray or something. Yeah, it's I would, not I black. Would, I, would, yeah. I, would like a, I, would, I would power coat mine. Oh, man. They look really, really <laughs> slick. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I'll put a link down in the video description if you guys want to check out some high-res pictures of these, but they look really good. So these are shod with, um, let me see here, 23535 ZR20s, Michelin, uh, I think they're Sport Pilot, or these were the Sport Cups? I, no. I heard that it was going to be Pilot Sport 4S tire. Yeah, the 4S. I'm trying to, uh, Pilot, mm-hmm. it's Sport Pilots. Sport Pilots. Yeah, the and... confusion is I think they're the standard performance size and uh, tire. So it's this, the the Pilot Sport 4S in 235, is when you get them in the referral package. However, if you get that wheel as part of the track upgrade, then you're getting the uh, the Sport Cup the sport, tires. Sport Cups. And those are 245s or wider. Yeah, a little wider. Anyways, they look really, really sharp. Yeah, they do. Anybody they in really Canada good. have a set that want to sell them? Let me know. <laughs> I would buy them out of the states, but shipping would kill. I'm gonna, me. I'm gonna sell mine. That's for sure. So. Yeah, shipping would kill me to get them out of the states, though. Mm. I'll take them in my, my car when somebody, I go. Somebody, because somebody asked me why would you sell your set. I said if I wanted a performance car, I would have gotten a performance car. I don't want 20 inch wheels on my 18 inch car. Well, yeah, efficiency is gonna suck. But these look really light, so I'm hoping the. Um, I mean, Ian and I would be very interested to see how much these things weigh. Well, they are fully forged, so they should be too shabby. Yeah. I think they look amazing. I can't wait. <laughs> Has I anybody... I mean, this is the first, the first report of somebody actually getting a hold of them. Yeah, so when, I saw it on, when I saw it, I was like, whoa, whoa, wait, buddy. I think you're the first one to take a picture of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are the first pictures I've I'm seen. I'm still waiting them. to get my photograph sent into space. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to drive the Tesla Semi. I don't think those things are happening. Fine Lab has a line of protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, 
carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. FineLab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at finelab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. Fine Lab and Tesla, we were meant for each other. Actually, we should sp speak about the referral program because there's been a lot of changes lately. Of course, if you haven't looked at your app lately, go into your loot box because if you have any referrals and you have referral miles, uh, they're now listed in there. Not, on not only the miles listed, but your expiry date now has finally kicked in. So there's been a lot of reports on the internet of people losing miles or not having them in there or expiring prematurely. It's been all over the map. Um, if I remember correctly, just going back on the last referral program, each referral um, gave you six months of, of supercharging, fifteen thousand uh, uh, miles of free supercharging six, for six months. Any additional referrals would extend that for an additional six months to a maximum of thirty-six, right? Yep. So some people are saying, "Well, I got two referrals and then they kicked out on me." Well, it's because you haven't used them. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, yeah. Although I think a lot of people have been, for good reason, also reaching out and saying to me on, on you know, on uh, on Twitter, it's like, well, we're in lockdown. We can't drive around. Shouldn't it be extended another six months just as a grace period? And I, I think that's kind of fair. But That, know, would, that would be a good move. I would really, really respect them for doing that. I think it'd be the right thing to do at this point. Yeah. I say no. I'm sorry, what? No? <laughs> <laughs> here's here's the reason why i say no okay and i and i applaud people who are asking that question i'll give you i'll give you two reasons why i think it's also kind of hogwash number one you've already been given something for free that tesla didn't have to give you in the first place right they're not entitled in any way shape or form if you ended up let's say they give you the extension but you still didn't use all your miles what happens they get they get it back anyway. It doesn't it doesn't cost them much of anything? And right now they're trying to be cost conservative in terms of their expenditures because again they're not selling cars much. Um, but number two is it's ideally the benefactor, the greater benefactor was the purchaser who used your your code. They're the ones who at least initially are getting a thousand supercharging miles with their vehicle. But there's also a person can buy a Model S now and they get free supercharging with their car. There's a whole different bunch of benefits. But I have like I have. I have 5,000 some on whatever miles that I drive right now back and forth to work one day a week <laughs> because of the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. And my round trip is under 70 miles. So until I can actually take a road trip until things are normal, which we don't know when that is, that could literally be a year from now, right? Mm -hmm. Are they just going to add another extension and then another extension and then another extension when they have all these owners who have all this mileage, some people who have six-figure numbers, by the way, for mileage credits, they can't extend that forever. So to me, if they say at some point, listen, like anything else, it's like coupons you get in the mail. If it has an expiration date, if you didn't use it by then, okay, your coupon expired. That's it. You can't like go to the you know the the coupon people and say, hey, listen, I didn't get a chance to go to the store because the coupon the stores are closed. Okay, well the coupons the coupon that's just when it expires. Um, I I think. The thing that I find very unnerving about the community as a whole is there's so many demands from Tesla. At some point, you look so unbearably selfish. It's not about you. It's about the mission. And the mission should be always the main focus about trying to electrify the world and get to a cleaner environment. Climate change is always the core background problem here. You saying, I want this and I want that, to me, 
get out of here. Like it's it's not about you. Now, if there's a number of members of an owner's club and the owner's clubs come together and said, hey, we've identified that we think this is going to be helpful for the community as a whole. It's going to help Tesla's mission. All for that. Share that feedback. Let them know. But when someone's like, hey, Elon, I want this in my car. <sighs> it's just annoying. It's so annoying. It's so selfish. It doesn't matter. Leave them alone. They got, they got so many things going on. You saying, hey, in addition to YouTube, can I also get this? Can I get Quibi in my car now? I want to get, I want to get Quibi videos. No, get I, the I, hell out of here. I think you hit the nail on the head, though. I think, you know, as you come together, when you see point. there's a large demand amongst the community for something that's useful and it's valid. I think we all agree on that, you know, and it's the one guy who wants Quibi or whatever the hell you're talking about. That's that's in the <laughs> annoying category. But I don't think this is an unreasonable ask because, first of all, it doesn't cost Tesla anything. Like, it costs them zero to extend this because right now there's very few people that can can use the amount of free supercharging that they've been given. So to just say, okay, whatever your, your end date is, we're going to tack on six months or a year. You know, you can't prolong it forever. But if they were to just say, whatever it is, it's going to be, we're going to tack on an extra 12 months so that you can take advantage of this thing. It costs them zero. And it won't even cost them that much more because no one's really able to use it right now. So I don't see I don't see any downside to this particular one. But I would never have, be able to use all the free supercharging miles. That's what I'm saying. If you have like, all right, so let's say I have, I have 5,300 miles, give or take. The only way to ever use that is if I'm doing what you guys did, like a long road trip where I'm driving two, 3,000 miles round trip or whatever it is. And I'm just, I want to try to get from A to B. If I'm parking the hotel, I'm not supercharging. If I'm staying at a friend's house, I'm not supercharging. Like the, the number of opportunities in which you use supercharging and number of credits you need to get that is not that substantive that all of a sudden everyone's got to have all these, these credits extended. My credits expire in September of 2021. There's a good chance because I can charge at work. I can charge in your home. I'm likely, even if you were to extend it a year, I probably would not use all 5,000 supercharging credits yeah, that I have. You're, you're not everybody. There's a lot of people. I, I understand. But, but in all fairness, Ian, <laughs> most people I know, because of the way their work schedules are, they can't take road trips the way that you think they can. Like, it's one thing if I wanted to go to Washington, D.C. for a road trip and go, you know, let's just drive there. I got the car. I got the mileage. Let's just go. And maybe what happens with this pandemic is that people change the way they travel, especially for businesses. Maybe they don't fly as much. Maybe there's more telecommuting. Maybe there is more digital interfacing like there is now with work from home. I'm telling you, this pandemic, by and large, is going to change the way we commute overall. It's going to change the way we travel a lot. But I also don't think most owners are like, I'm going to take a 5,000-mile road trip this year. Like, this is most, most people will I know use don't it. do that. Raphael no. will use it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I, yeah. I have three months yeah. with my car. It's at 7,500. and I haven't done a road trip. Um, but the average driver in the U.S. drives between twelve and 14,000 miles. That's it. So... You know, um, you most people that I know charge at home, uh, but I do know a lot of people that depend on, you know, public charging or, you know, charging on the road, even like they live in condos or, or whatnot. So they don't have a garage or That's they don't true. have access to it. And um, I, I still think that, I mean, the funny thing is that I agree with everything you just said, Eric, but at the mm -hmm. same time, it's like half and half. I think that a lot of people will be able to use them with normal no road trip type of driving because you know if you put 12 14,000 miles a year on your car not doing road trips you still have to charge it for the, for those miles now um, you charge at home and it's basically at least where I live it's about half the price of what you would 
be paying if you go to supercharger. So if you have the means of charging at home, the impact is not that bad if you don't use the free miles. Like I won't go, I have, you know, a number of miles, um, but I, I won't go, you know, I have my uh, supercharger close to me, like three or four miles from here. I never go to it. I, I, sometimes I do go, uh, but I don't have the need for that. And I'd rather just charge here at home. Don't think about when I need to charge the car. The car's charged all the time because I plug it in at home. Uh, if I go to superchargers, at least I'm going to wait like half an hour or something, right? Uh, because I would go when I really need to charge, right? I, I, if I'm really low and I, I'm, I'm going to like, let's charge this sucker quick and let's go, you know, because I'm going to visit my parents or something like that. Mm -hmm. But if if not, I'd rather not, you know, I don't use the miles. Uh, it's it's so cheap to charge at home, you know? But I also think most people, like you, if you're a Tesla owner and you're pretty knowledgeable about charging, you know you're not supposed to be supercharging as your primary source of charging. Mm -hmm. So even to that argument, Let's say the average person is on the lower end at 12,000 miles a year, which we know some leases coming at 10, 12, or 15,000. So if you're in the mid range there around 12,000, mm -hmm. I doubt you're supercharging half the time. You're not charging 6,000 miles on supercharging in a year. I don't think the average Tesla owner does. So if you're doing a lot of local commutes, which most, I mean, look, most people drive under 40 miles round trip every day to and from mm -hmm. work and everything like that. Um, over the course of the year, you're averaging between 10 and 15,000 miles a year. Um, if you're supercharging, say even for a third of that, and that's even being generous, I would think, that's still 5,000 miles on the high end. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I think most people, like you said, they're either charging in public locations or they're charging at home. And supercharging is like you do it for, like and I do it, which is in a pinch. I need, I'm really low. I want to get to X location or last minute. I'm just going to go on this sudden trip down to the Everglades or whatever. I need to get some charge. I'll stop by a supercharger and charge for 20 minutes and then I'm done. But even then, if you're charging for 20 minutes, you're getting what? Maybe a hundred miles, 150 miles. Like you're not, you're not getting, you know, all 300 miles in one charge. So to, to me, look, Ian's got merits to his argument. So he's, I will agree with Ian. There's no fault if they just extend it. I'm saying, by and large, there's no grand benefit because most people will see their numbers expire, even if it's six months later, having never used the numbers at all. I don't think there's going to be a I, major shift when right now we're still not. Again, we, if, if let's say a year from now, we're, we're finally back to what we consider relatively normal travel habits. It still might be that most people go, I got to work. I'm not taking a, a, a 6,000 mile road trip this year. And I, I to me, I could, I, yeah, I have just 5,000. There's, there's the problem with this. You're assuming there's a lot of people out there who got like four, five, six referrals and have 6,000 miles. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the average Joe who's got 1,500, maybe 3,000. That's or not even any referrals. And, yeah, I, and, exactly. and, I'm, and I'm saying that there's value whether you have 200 miles or 20,000 miles. I'm, I'm not saying there's no value in it to the person who has the figures. If you worked hard to get the referrals, you worked hard to get the referrals. What I'm saying is um, there were even times where there was double the mileage, right? There was a time they were giving away 2,000 miles before the program basically cut those numbers back. I'm, I, I would still argue that while you say it's not going to hurt Tesla, I'm saying it does because, and here's why, there's a reason why Tesla at some point ceased the free supercharging unlimited for all of their vehicles. And the reason why they stopped doing that is because they realized at some point it's not a fiscally viable decision. They cannot continue just giving away money. They just can't. So if you extend the program six months, that's Tesla agreeing to themselves, we're willing to not get that revenue six months from now, whenever that starts again. And what I'm speculating here is that while both sides of this conversation are in the right, there are merits to why they should extend it. And I'm saying reasons why they shouldn't. 
to me, it's more about I think most owners wouldn't see a difference. I am with you on the ones who have very, very low numbers. Listen, like if they extend it, like, hey, you're helping me save some money. That's fantastic. But right now, you're also not using those miles at all to do anything. Um, and so if if even if they extend it, I'm saying most people probably still would have mileage on their accounts when they finally do expire, whenever that is. I mean, you got some people who have mileage until 2023. Yeah, that's why, why extend it till 2025? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm completely not maxed talking up. about those people. You could define it in such a way that only but you're, but you're, but Tesla's not going to select who gets it and who doesn't. If they're going to extend sure. it, they're going to extend it. This it would fun. be a good PR move. I mean, it would be from PR Bingo. standpoint. Exactly, it, it would it would look really good. And if and if to your point, Eric, if nobody's really going to use them anyways. It still looks good PR wise that hey we're going to give you guys another six and, months and and I understand and again a lot of I'm, I'm understanding that yeah. I just think that right now there isn't much they could do that's a problem and I think the absence of them do again to me this is owners demanding you need to give us more time we're not using them and I'm saying what's the likelihood of any of you using the majority of not all of your miles even in the next year and a half. Like what? What's the chance the, of it? Yeah, but look at the reality of it. The reality is, there's very few people that could go on an extended trip right now. Very few. So but even that, before, but even I'm even arguing before that. This is this is the thing I no, want to make very. I want to make no, I'm, very I'm, I'm, clear. I'm calling bullshit on this. Okay, that's no. ridiculous. Somebody Ian, wanted to go on a road trip six months ago. They could go on a road trip. Anybody Ian, most could. people I can. know can't do that. This is what I'm trying to make. This is what I'm trying to make very clear Who's to you. Most people. And, Economically, most people I know are middle class or low or, or low income Americans. They can't just take time off to go on a vacation. You're telling me most the average Tesla owner can't afford a vacation? That's ridiculous. I'm listen, I own a Tesla. I don't <laughs> go on vacations. That's you, dude. You're talking no. about you. I'm talking about the average Tesla owner. But then, but hold on, then the average Tesla owner is not exactly the kind of. Listen, there are a lot of people we know make the Tesla stretch. Do we? Is that not a true statement? We know Very we true. know people do that. Those people may not be able to afford to take a freaking vacation. I don't think that's most Tesla owners. I, I, just anecdotally, I have no science to prove this. I'm sorry. Could, I'm just talking about could, the hundred people be, I know. All right. A little bit. You know, okay. Like, okay, okay, guys. All, all right. Okay. All right. We could talk about this all night. I think it's time we move on to something else here. <laughs> I'm leaving my time. We we have listeners and 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 viewers that we have to cater to a little bit, and I don't think they want to hear any more arguments about this. We all have valid points. Okay. All right. Listen, Mark, you're on the show. Uh, you own a Model Y. Yes. Tell us what your experience has been with the car so far. Um. I, I like it. I mean, it's uh, it is going to sell like hotcakes. <laughs> it is um, it's the perfect car, really. I mean, it's I love the Model Three, as you guys know. I've had three of them. Uh, mm -hmm. well, for those of you who don't know, Mark Benton had VIN eighty nine. Yes. So Super. he's a very early Model Three owner. Oh, man, he's owned that car. He sold it. He bought a performance Model Three. He sold that, and he yeah. bought an SR Plus. He sold that. Then he bought a Ram. Now he owns a Model <laughs> a Model Y. Yeah, you still the have Model the Model X, right? Uh, well, the X is going to go back. It's a lease. In June, right? Because so, that's a lease. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So our Model Y is our family car. It's my wife's car, but she's letting me kind of mod it a little bit, you know, do some <laughs> stuff to it. Mm -hmm. And because uh, she's like all my other cars too. But it's, uh, you know, I had a few fitment issues, nothing major, but things that I had to, um, like on the interior that I had to kind of bang into place, um, yeah. you know, panels that weren't quite pushed in and you know, just you know, the funny thing is, is it reminded me a little bit of VIN eighty nine. You know, it wasn't that's early quite, days. It was an early VIN. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. But they, it wasn't. Get, but it was get better. The QC sorted out. Yeah. But it was better than VIN eighty nine. Okay. It was better. Um, 
but it's a it's a great car. I mean, the space is is outstanding. Um, to me, the utility of it is is going to be really good. If people want a sedan, they're going to stay with a Model Three. I mean, the Model Three to me is a prettier car because it's a sedan. I like yeah, it's hard to make an SUV look good. Right, right. But as far as like a mom mobile or you know kid mobile it's going to be fantastic yeah you know i think that's a sentiment going around that the model y i mean we've talked about this before that every vehicle that tesla brings out the latest model is always better than the one they did before it's just because mm-hmm. they just innovate and whatever's current is that's what they put the innovations in i mean model y is no different they've got that new casting in the back they've got the heat pump uh, there's a bunch of stuff that's different on it so there's one uh, interesting thing is, is that i found out as um as i'm modding the car right now uh, it's actually not in my driveway right now because it's getting something done to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you take off the emblems yeah. on the front and the rear, there's holes. Looking yeah. holes. And a lot of people yeah. don't know that, so it's it's something that the, the people yeah, that are model-wise, they need to know that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's 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 sad for me to see for the people who want to do wraps and they want to do emblem deletes and all the other stuff that now mm-hmm. you gotta you got to concern yourself with that now because it's not just a blank slate anymore, so you got to... Figure that out. Well, I, so, I, I was disappointed to see that person. Do you know why they did that? Alignment. Um, that alignment. Alignment. Yeah. Mm. To make sure that the emblems are straight. I'm, yeah. I'm going to wrap my, my Model Y when I get it. I'm going to wrap it the same color as my purple Model 3. And yeah. and, and it's going to have the emblems. I'm going to push through the wrap to put the emblems back on. I think mm-hmm. it looks beautiful with them. I know a lot of people like the, like the Roadster Tesla. Oh yeah, absolutely like, guaranteed. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. Uh, I know. I'm the same way. I, I love those. Stay tuned this weekend. I've got okay. a surprise. I'm, this I'm, I want to see how you do that. Yeah, I personally like um, the the T. You know, the Tesla logo uh, mm-hmm. on its own better than the the name. But you know, that's why we have choices, right? Like everybody does whatever they like the best. Well, I've uh, always but, told people, listen, when you only have two interior colors, five colors, and two wheel styles. <laughs> Uh, you know, personalization is kind of a given. <laughs> but the the odd thing is, and I mentioned this before on Twitter, is that for, for being someone who's done zero mods for his car, yeah. mine's the unicorn. Uh, <laughs> that's true, right? Like not changing Eric's it, car leave, is like leaving, leaving it alone. Like I know when, when when you guys are on your road trip, like to see the EV ones on your cars uh, up in Canada, to see the the fast EV decals on your on your challenge, uh, and those are little things that that help to at least make the car distinguishable from others. But the weird thing is, like, I do nothing, and people are like, Eric, what are you going to do to your car? Nothing. <laughs> Eric has even and, tinted and, his windows. <laughs> you and uh, Ryan McCaffrey, because his is stopped, too. I still, I still have not tinted my windows. I've done no PPF, no ceramic. I've done <laughs> oh, no, you've done nothing. Got, no, that's not true. You should totally it, take it to a Cars and Coffee. Ryan, and like, Look, a completely original Model 3. <laughs> oh, my God. Out. You're right. Actually, what actually, is, Ryan, your Ryan had his... Uh, it's negative six. Ryan had full PPF on his car and ceramic. Yeah, he didn't do that. But that's uh, that's he about the extent of the really business. Nice with the with the clear PPF on it. I he was my ride when I did. I think it was for the Model Y. I think it was yeah, for yeah. the Model Y. He was my ride to the hotel, and mm-hmm. uh, his car is beautiful. Now, Mark, um, I heard. Uh, well, I, we saw that uh, if you seen uh, Sandy Munro when he did the teardown, and you saw the heat pump uh, episode that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, does your Model Y do like a lot of noise? Because it is noisy. Because they, they're gonna put. Uh, uh, apparently, Elon agreed that they're gonna build a housing just like on the Model Three, where they're, they're gonna make a sound deadening jacket for it. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Now, uh, if you want I, a good, I didn't notice if, anything. I honestly, uh, I haven't. It's probably it. because you haven't heated it yet. But if you look at, um, right. if you look at our friend um, Eric there on um, on Tesla Inventories channel, he did uh, uh, mm-hmm. a comparison because they just had a big snowfall again in Colorado because that's mm-hmm. where he lives up in the mountains, and um, he had his Model S and his Model Y side by side with like six inches of snow in the car, and he did the preheat thing, and the Model Y is pretty noisy. Yeah, it was, and I ha- we live in a climate that's like. Well, it's like Eric. I mean, it's been below as 55. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so I wish. Oh, my God. It, you had a heat index of 106 yesterday. <laughs> well, it was 85 today. Like we had high, snow but... flurries today. Yes. <laughs> oh, my here. gosh. 106. But doesn't, doesn't the heat pump also work on the Model Y when the car is cooling as well? Uh, is it, doesn't it turn on as well? I, I think it's part of the both It's part of the whole heating. cooling heating circuit. So if I, haven't it's noticed annoyed, anything. Yeah. I haven't noticed anything out of the ordinary. And like okay. I said, I've had three Model 3s, and I, to me, I, don't, I haven't noticed. To me, the, the car seems quieter. Now, mm-hmm. maybe on the outside, maybe it's louder, you know, and I don't have the, the, pedest- the pedestrian speaker either. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wiring's there, but there's no speaker, right. uh, just weird. like Eric. Yeah. That's but then I saw strange. on Twitter, somebody Zach. posted, yeah, Zach. It's like yeah. Gen 100 and something. He has, the, he has the speaker. It doesn't make much sense. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I think it's because the legislation officially – has to be in place by September of next year, but they, by law, I think they have that at least fifty percent of their cars with it on there. So no, I think it it's could have this been, year. Is this year? Oh yeah, sorry. Yes, I meant this year. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, I meant this year. But why? But why would a, a VIN one hundred have it? But mine is VIN eight something, eight oh nine. It just doesn't have it. Probably in the production it. line. They yeah. probably missed it or whatever. Who knows? It's, it's Guaranteed, weird. you have the wiring harness. You just need the speaker. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw the wiring harness and. I noticed uh, Brian from I1 Tesla, his is like a VIN 400 and something. His doesn't have it. Eric's doesn't have it from Tesla inventory. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what his VIN is, but I think his is in the thousands. But, yeah, it's just it's unusual that they – It's 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 funny that they're kind of missing it. And, you know, you got a lot of people – I remember when they were first talking about the pedestrian warning system because my car came with it because mine was an early 2019 build. So that's when they started officially putting them in. And a lot of people are like, oh, I hate that thing. I'm going to unplug it. Okay, fine. I'll show you how to unplug it, whatever. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you, the moment Tesla comes out with that software update where you can do the custom sounds, there's going to be a, a raft of people all over it. Can I buy a retrofit? I want that. Because right? the same what? people that probably truck. Yeah, guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Because people are going to want the goat sounds and the Monty Python sounds. I guarantee you, guarantee yes. you. I would love a Super Mario Brothers sound on that thing. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. That'd be good too, actually. Absolutely. Boing, boing. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I will say, having seen the Model Y, I, I hadn't had a chance to see one in person until on Monday of this week. And, uh, you know, I, I never was inclined to get it. Well, yes. Yeah. And I wasn't inclined to get one. I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm content with my sedan line being lower to the ground. And I saw it in person. I'm like, it's, it's, it's kind of nice. It's it nice. is nice, isn't it? It really is nice. Yeah. It kind of grows on you. But, but, that, but that being said, I will say that the extra cargo volume is also advantageous. Like, I know that it's almost double or more, about more than a little more than double. 66 uh, but, cubic feet. Yeah, so it's it's pretty substantial compared to the Model 3, which is, what, 15 cubic uh, total? 15. Um, so it's, you know, look, the Model 3 is, is a wonderful car. And, and to you know, we're seeing Mark say the same thing. Like, with every iteration... You know, when you see from car to car, you might notice minute differences from one to the next. Um, 
But I think with Model Y, like they nailed it. And with the CUV market, that's the perfect car for them. So if you it are in the market, yeah, so, to get right now. So yeah, if if I if I did have the resources and I wanted to change, hell, if I had kids, my cats don't count. But if I had kids, I would consider certainly trading in for the Model Y. It it I honestly is that. a beautiful, beautiful ride. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm not in a position to change. I love my Model Three. It was mm-hmm. time for me to go back to a sedan. But if I was to uh, if I if I needed a CUV, I wouldn't I wouldn't blink twice. I would order one. Yeah, it's a beautiful car. Did you now guys... the Cybertruck can go to hell, but that I'll get. <laughs> did, did you guys see the the blue uh, lowered to the ground with airbags? That... Yeah, it's Mojo's cars. Looks really yeah. oh, really yeah. sharp. He did a good job on that. that uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not into the whole bagged look, but I, I like oh, the wrap. You can adjust that, right? That's the beauty of air. You oh yeah, that was story. just the parked uh, setting mm-hmm. that they put on uh, when when it moves, it goes up like by three inches yeah. or something like that. Yeah. No, Trev, I'm, Trev, I'm really interested to see what you think about it. Being a Model X owner, and as you know, we have a Model X. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what you think about it compared to the when you get to see a Y, you know, and you're used to the X, to see what you think about it. Because to me, well, it's, my, not, my it's not very much different. No, I know. And my recollection from it, because I was at the event, my recollection of it is like, okay, yeah, it's almost the same size as an X. Um, so, yeah, no, I wouldn't have any qualms about getting one. Um, I mean, you know, I, I ended up with the six-seat variant, but, you know, at the end of the day, even I had five seats, I'd probably just order the five-seat and call it a day. Yeah, I, I don't I think, see a need for any more than five seats. I think seats. for people who, to me, the major difference between them is more about when someone thinks about that second row seating, if you need someone who it's it's easier to get into the vehicle, especially for someone who's older, maybe has some some physical limitation, the Model X is so advantageous for getting kids out of car seats, uh, for getting elderly in, for getting cargo in. It's a lot easier with those large Falcon Wing doors. If you're looking for a traditional car with just normal doors, then the Model Y is for you. I mean, yeah. to me, that's I think that's the really the the selling point for those two is just what do you think of the second row? Because the rest yeah, is the, not the that problem much though is the value proposition. Is the Model X worth thirty thousand dollars more? Well, that and for people who want a traditional dashboard, if you want something that has you know in, instruments in front of you and then also screen off to your right, but if you're not a fan of the minimalistic design, the Model Y is probably not going to be the yeah. car you want to get anyway. People will I, get I, over I, that real quick. Yeah. My wife's yeah. already over it. I'm with you. I'm with you. But there are some people who are like, you know what? That's worth twenty thousand dollars more for me. I don't. My, wanna, my I don't wife was the same way when we when we sold the Model X and she went to the Model Three. She says, "I don't like the dash on the Model Three, but now she doesn't complain about it anymore. Yeah, yeah. She says, "Well, I miss I miss the ride quality of the Model X. I get that. Right. Uh, but other than that, she has Air no suspension. real complaints. Right. Well, if you need six seats, like like you had, Trev. I mean, if somebody needs a, a six seater, mm-hmm. then you got to go Model X. I mean, it's. I don't think yeah. the this, the seven seat Model Y is going to be small. I mean, oh for, yeah, for kids in the back. Yeah, yeah. It's really tiny back there. I mean, I have even, pictures even as an adult, the seven seater and the you know even the six and seven seater for the X is, is still pretty tight. But you it's, can deal with tight. going out to I, dinner. Or I something. wouldn't want to do a long road trip in the back right. seat uh, of that car. No. <laughs> and no. I can't even imagine what the Model Y is going to be like. It's so tiny. Raphael, would you order five seat? So far, yeah, five seat, black outside, uh, white interior. Yeah, you gotta yeah. have the white. Gotta Rear wheel drive. White. Hopefully they make it. That's what I want. Wait, so you are you wrapping your Model Y? Yes. Yeah. yeah but you paid gonna... for the premium paint. So I, yes, but the reason why is because um, I saw a, a Purple a vehicle, and white doesn't look good. I, I saw a vehicle, uh, a white uh, vehicle wrapped with a dark color, and it just doesn't look good Like when you open the doors. Like, it just door looks horrible. Yeah, that's, the, that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Because you open the doors and you see the white. Because yeah. they very rarely, oh, that costs a lot of money to wrap the interior, mm-hmm. all that, because the compound exactly. curves and stuff. So, so like right they only now, do it's going to be a twin to my Model 3. It's, my, my Model 3 is black, 
uh, what interiors the, the model Y is going to be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Same wrap. Um, yeah, that's the plan that, that, so far. His wrap is amazing. Mm-hmm. It looks really good. It's like that plum crazy purple Dodge Dart sixty eight plum. Yeah, plum, the, plum the car looks purple. like it's painted. <laughs> Wow. The yeah, yeah. the the amazing thing about the story you just mentioned, Raphael, about why you chose black versus white, it goes to show how finicky we Tesla owners can be sometimes. <laughs> Which is for the fraction of a second that the doors open, you know it's white. You don't you can't see it while you're driving. You can't see when the doors close, but you just know for that second when the door is open, you're like, oh, it's white. It looks terrible. Like that's enough to be like, you know what? Here's a thousand dollars from. Or was it fifteen hundred? For no, the black no, it was eight hundred and seventy-five dollars, okay. um, and the main reason is because my previous car—I I never thought I was going to wrap a car in my life, right? Mm-hmm. I, I bought the Midnight Silver Metallic Model Three, the rear-wheel drive, the original mm-hmm. one, and then I decided to do the crazy, you know, dip that I did on it, and it blended really, really well because the the door seams were like dark, and yeah. the black—I thought it was going to be a much better idea. Now the car. The car that I have right now, I didn't order it. I didn't hunt down that specific car. That was the second to last car available in the United States before they ran out and started shipping cars to Europe. So I I just searched and there was one in Coral Gables, which is just like 30 minutes away from home. Mm -hmm. And I I immediately put the $100 down. I wasn't even really sure that I was going to buy a car. And then I was like, the Model Y is going to come out soon. But it's supposed to be the end of the year, so I'm going to buy it. And then it comes sooner, but, you know, that's another thing. Um, I'm really happy with the car. It gives me what I was missing. That's what I was craving from the beginning. And I just took it back because, you know, that's, that was the, the only thing available. And, and when I decided to wrap it, uh, I saw how good it looks. Remember, I go to a lot of auto shows. I, I, I do the club meetups. And I, I get a lot of people interested in the car. The, the car calls attention, but not in a, I don't know, in an exuberant way. It's it's more like, what is that? It's right? a conversation starter. Exactly. So um, my plan for the Y is pretty much because of that. You know, I'm going to wrap it. So now we're going to have the two cars kind of looking the same. One's going to be a little bit bigger and people are going to be, you know, asking questions, showing off, you know, the capabilities of the car so people can join the mission, right? That's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Do you do you guys find and um, this is a question for all of you guys uh, whether you rap or whether you don't rap uh, and we're white so go figure but we if you if you <laughs> nice job, Mark. if you wrap a car knowing that the vinyl only has a limited lifespan I mean I think what the most you're going to get is maybe five to seven years out of it um, and it's several thousand dollars to wrap a car based on you know obviously the vinyl quality and the size of the car etc so let's just say it's five thousand dollars to wrap your car to me, that's just throwing money away. If at some point, if you get in an accident, something scrapes it, like something damages, like there's obviously a lot of things that can affect the look of the vehicle. Isn't that a lot of money to invest in just trying to change the look of your car when you so, could just have it painted or something else that makes it more permanent? For me personally, it's not primarily about that. I was going to immediately uh, do protection film on the car. Right. And I was going to do it with the same way that I did the other car. But um, the, the material that I wanted to use was not available. It was something that was coming up later. Uh, so I decided to say, if I'm going to put PPF on it, I might as well just do the wrap. It was actually um, cheaper to do the full car wrap than mm-hmm. if I, than if I did, did protection only film, right? So in that sense, I'm doing two things at the same time. My car's paint is immaculate if i you know the day that i decide to sell the car if i sell it 
Um, I have a feeling that this car is going to probably be gutted eventually and hit the track a lot. Um, so the paint may not matter, but if I do decide to sell it, the paint is going to be good, so it's going to be better for a resale value of the car. Um, and personally, like when I, when I jump all in on something, a hobby, for example, I, you know, that's what, where my money's going when I'm, you know, if I'm not spending the money on food or family and, you know, outings and vacations, it's on my hobby. And this, you know, right now my life is, you know, spreading the word and enjoying having fun with Tesla. So for me, it's not throwaway money because it protects the pain of the car and also gives me, you know, several other goals that I can meet because of it. Uh, and it makes it unique at the same time. So I kind of like doing several things at the same time. Uh, if you don't do it for those reasons, it, it may be a tough sell for somebody. I, I understand because it's not cheap. Um, but yeah, that's my take on it. Yeah, I feel, yeah, I feel it, like you, Eric. Like I, I'm, I'm the same way, Eric. I've, I've gotten, I, I literally, everybody asks me about my cars. What did you do for mm -hmm. PPF or protection? I yeah. literally have not done anything. I did ceramic coat on my black Model 3. Uh, and that was just because I wanted to make it because it's black. It's mm -hmm. so hard to keep clean. Make, make, makes it right. easier to clean. Makes yeah. it easier to clean. That's the only reason I did it. Uh, to me, I don't. I don't want to spend the money in that. I would rather put that money into, you know, lowering my car or powder coating the wheels to make them look different. Or, you know, that's just me personally. Right. Um, so I haven't. I haven't wrapped or anything any of my cars, or even for paint protection film. Yeah, because I often wonder. Like I know when when I've seen really specked out cars. Um, that have had probably easily ten, twelve thousand dollars worth of mods to them. I always think if you're in one accident, your insurance doesn't pay for any of that, right? Like any of that. That's true. And, 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 and I know and I, it. it well, they, well, it depends on the insurance company. Right. It depends right. on the insurance company, yeah. and it right. depends obviously what your premium covers and everything else. I, mm -hmm. But but by and large, like Florida is not great at insurance coverage. So <laughs> so I know you know I I, I I value enthusiasts like Raphael because he's someone who finds the intrinsic value beyond the fiscal value of doing something like that. And like I said, I was teasing before, like my car is a unicorn because I've done nothing to it. To me, I think we're at a point now with Tesla's popularity. I think the conversations are still happening because there are some people who just don't on a day-to-day -day basis are getting exposure to the cars. So seeing any of them anywhere, I know uh, our friend Michael's got that t-shirt asking about my Tesla. Like there are people who do not know uh, really much about these cars. They're either afraid to ask. And so they basically now are given an outlet just on, on the coolness factor. Uh, we know our friend Nate in Orlando. He's he's doing some cool things with his purple Model 3. I, I get it which, all the time when I go get coffee. The guy at the window is like, is that a Tesla? Yeah. How How so, is it? How do you it, like it? So those conversations always happen. Uh, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I, I just think that there are, I'm of the opinion that um, if you have that income and you can and use it that way, that's fine. I, I just I've always been mystified at the logic of doing that when there's so many to me, there's better things that your money can go other than just let me cover the thing I paid money to have painted with something else that looks like a different thing. You know what I mean? That's, like other other mods, like you want to do caliper covers, you want to do a uh, spoiler, you want to do a cool dash vinyl, like those things I understand. Um, you know, because I know I know I, <laughs> Trevor hates the the piano gloss center oh. console. 
So, so I, does Mark. I, right. I know, yeah. I know, I know that's the thing with some people, the point of contention, but I think like <laughs> the one I've always wondered is the car wraps. It's always been a thing. I'm like, why would you wrap your car? I never, I just never understood it. And you I know what? I, I understand where you're coming from because I'm not a believer in wraps. Uh, I do believe in paint protection film and I spent a lot of money on mine. Um, mainly because I've had experiences with rock chips. And I like to keep my cars in pristine condition at all mm-hmm. times, even even if it's five or six years old. I just like it to look new all the time. And for me, okay, yeah, it was a lot of money, but I don't mind spending the money because I know at the end of the day it's doing its job. And I already have little spots where rocks have hit it, and it mm-hmm. hasn't touched the paint, but the, but the paint protection film has done its job. I understand your concern. Yeah, if I get in an accident, I'm not getting that money back. But yeah, you know, to me, that's it's it doesn't really bother me. And I like the look. I mean, I went for a stealth wrap, and if if you've seen a stealth wrap on the right kind of car, it looks really really good. Oh, your car is beautiful. Your car is beautiful. Well, for a white car. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) Right. It looks. Um, And Mark's look really good because he had a lot of mods in his performance three. I mean, he had uh, you know he had the Alcantara done on the interior, the black Alcantara that looked amazing. That looks incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm still considering that too. If I can muster up the money somehow. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Still thinking about that. Make a a a statement here. If you have white interior, change your headliner to a black Alcantara. It changes the look. If I find myself in California for about a week and I can twist Ben's arm over there to. Over at uh, Performance Unplugged there, uh, I might be able to swing it somehow, but uh, I, I can't see it right now. The shipping's going to be so expensive to bring it across the border. But actually, which brings me to one other thing, because, Mark, I wanted to mention this, too, because you did this. I mean, you're like me. You hate the black center console with the, with the gloss thing. You did the same covers that I did in white on mine. You did yours in black, right? I did. Isn't that a wonderful product? Oh, it was so easy. And the dash... Was it, well, you don't have the dash because you have the white dash. No. But yeah, yeah. I, I covered the wood grain. I call I call it the old man wood grain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to cover, even though I am an old man, I had to cover that up because uh, and and now it matches the center console. It's it's like a satin black. They call it matte black, but to me, it's more like a satin black. Satin black. Yeah. Oh, it looks be- really sharp. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The one I bought was was white, but it was gloss. It was painted the same color as the car, but it was gloss. So I had some PPF scraps left over, and I covered mine, and then I put it in the car. And man, I because I went through about three different vinyl wraps on the interior. It would never stick properly. It would always lift, and it was just driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought I'd try to ch- take a chance on that product. And man, I don't regret it. I highly recommend that. Now, I, you know, unfortunately, they don't offer enough colors, but I think the matte black that you have is, is probably good enough for most people that, that want yeah. the look of the black, but don't want the gloss anymore and the fingerprint magnet. So Right, right. Cool. All right. Well, we've talked enough about this stuff. Let's do some book or some podcast or show recommendations or whatever uh, products or whatever the heck you guys want to recommend. Mark, since you're the newest guest here, I'll let you go first. Uh, well, I know we were talking about mods. Um, well, <laughs> it's funny you were just talking about it. <laughs> to me, that's I was going to say is probably the one, right? Uh, the other thing is is Raphael's favorite thing is the T-E-S-L-A or the T-E-S-L-A on the rear. Uh, <laughs> i'm tuned. in that camp too yeah stay tuned this weekend i'll i, I will uh, be posting some pictures on twitter of, of what i'm doing on the back of the y and it involves those letters obviously mm-hmm. um but those I, I think it changes the rear end look of the car i just i love it i've done it on every car i've had so I love Ho- that hopefully look. in that order you're not gonna like put slate on the back of your car <laughs> <laughs> or tails or something somebody will right it's like one of those tramp stamps that get, you know, in the Chinese letters and it spells something else completely different. It's like, it's like the cool. commercial. There's a commercial for um, an insurance company here in the U.S., uh, which I'm not sure if you guys have in Canada, but the guy's getting like a tattoo and he sneezes. 
And he goes like, oh my God, can you fix that? And it's like, it's a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say I remember that one. Any, uh, any book or uh, audio book recommendations, Mark? Or? Um, I, you, most people have probably read it. I'm in the middle of it. Um, the How to Win Friends and Influence People. I think mm. uh, it was Peter McKinnon that I saw recommended it uh, okay. one time, a long time ago. It's, it's a really good book. It just talks about you know, how to treat people, uh, which I still need to learn that on Twitter. <laughs> um, but, so, so, so I'm growing, <laughs> but it's a, it's a really good book. Yeah, cool. Yeah. How about you, Raphael? What can you recommend us for books, podcasts, and whatever kind of mods or accessories you like in your car? I like a lot the modification that I did to both my Model Threes, the previous one and the current one. Um, if you don't use the 12 volt adapter that's in the middle of the two front seats. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a good mod to run a, a wire to um, to the front where the charger goes. So you uh, free up the USB ports that, that are on the console on the bottom. Uh, and if you happen to have a phone that can take advantage of fast charging, if you're using a wireless charger, that also gives you the capabilities of charging you know, fast on your phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the Jada, uh, both the wireless charger and the uh, USB hub. So um, I'm powering the wireless hub through the 12 volt adapter, and it's a really easy run. Then you drill a hole on a little part inside that you cannot see. Um, it's not very difficult. It it probably takes could take you like 15 minutes to do the whole thing um, if you have the cables. Uh, I bought mine on Amazon, and uh, it's a really good mod. I like it um, for books. Um, I'm not gonna go all fancy on you know uh, very deep books with ideologies and whatnot. My thing is performance, and I love performance. And I encourage anyone that's uh, thinking about driving their car, learning how how to do high performance driving, to get um, this book that I have. Uh, it's a really good book. Uh, it's called uh, Bob Bondurant on high performance driving. For those that are watching it on the uh, video podcast on YouTube, uh, this is the book. Uh, it's by Bob Bondurant, and it's a really good um, beginners and experts book. If you don't know how to do high-performance driving, it's going to show you all the basics on the physics of it, you know, how to apply the, the, uh, to, how to take advantage of the most uh, grip on your tires while you're on the track. And uh, if, if you think that that's not helpful, learn it, and you will apply it on your day, day-to-day driving. Uh, there's a lot of people doing weird things on the road, and uh, when emergency hits, if you know what you need to do, uh, this is a great book to help you with that. Is there a TikTok version? <laughs> TLDR, man. What about a, what about a Tesla para todos? Tesla para todos. What about it? Well, Wait, it, what, it, what is that? What is that? Back up. Tesla, Translation. Tesla para todos is a. Um, it's my friend Lars. Uh, oh yeah, okay. Our yeah, friend Lars, Lars in, in Spain. Uh, he has a he has a podcast uh, that's yes. all about news in Spanish for uh, for that. Um, so yeah, it's a great podcast for those that speak Spanish. Cool. And you have a po- and you have a podcast you do in Spanish too. Yeah, we have uh, a weekly podcast. Uh, it's called Es Tesla, which in English translated is It's Tesla. Um, so E S Tesla. Those are the letters. And it's also a Spanish podcast. It's very similar in format to what uh, you guys are doing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we cover uh, except that we don't cover news, right? Uh, it's similar in the sense that it's, you know, three of us uh, chatting. It's uh, Ignacio, which is from Test Letter, 
and uh, we're gonna have him on the show as soon as possible yeah and lars uh from tesla para todos and what we do is that we just talk about our experiences on on, on the, with teslas uh both uh cars and sometimes we have guests that have the solar panels and the batteries we talk about the whole thing you know experience owning anything tesla uh we also answer questions from our listeners uh it's doing pretty good so i'm happy with that one so cool. that's another one. If you want to, you know, learn some Spanish, if you don't know it, then, you know, try to, li- <laughs> try to keep up with us. Good. <laughs> All right. Ian's your turn. Uh, what, uh, what do you recommend for accessories or products or podcasts? What do you, what do you, what are you reading these days? I, um, I dragged out one I, I read last year just because I enjoyed it so much. And it's an author that doesn't get a lot of recognition. She has a really cool uh, YouTube channel called Vintage Space. You might know her, uh, Amy Shira Title. And yes. um, she's written two books now. This is her first one, uh, Breaking the Chains of Gravity. And it's the history of Na- spaceflight before NASA. In other words, what were the, you know, the original pioneers who got us to the stage where NASA was able to to come through with a comprehensive and successful flight program, you know, Soviets as well, obviously, at the same time. But she goes back to, like, you know, the early 1900s and builds the story up. And it was a fascinating book. And, I mean, as you can see behind me, I have a crap load of books on space. <laughs> I learned so much in this book yeah. that I'd never seen before. Uh, and she's a really entertaining writer. I mean, even if you're not a huge space geek, her style is such that she really engages you. And I'm really looking forward to her next one, which is just released now. Uh, called Fighting for Space, and it's the um, the story of a couple of female test pilots who were fighting strongly to see women included in the 60s spaceflight program, which almost happened, but didn't. But yeah, um, Amy, share a title, look her up. Her YouTube channel, Vintage Space, is great, and the books, both her books, I think, are fantastic. From Excellent. What I can tell. And where can people find you on the internet if they want to have a chat with you? Me? Yes, uh, you. Oh, well, right. Well, we're, we're moving into the closing phase of the show. So you well, can find we might as well <laughs> kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> sure. So, yes, on Twitter, uh, at Ian Pavelko um, is my handle there. And you can also find me on the Tesla Owners Online forum uh, under the handle Mad Hungarian. And, uh, of course, if you're looking for Tesla wear, you can go to Teespring, Teespring.com, and look at, uh, there we go. We have the um, Mad Hungarian Evolve wear available from that spot. I'm going to do one final little shout-out to my friends uh, down in Tampa, Florida, Fasco USA, who now have a retail division called Aftermarket EV. So all of you people who have been asking and waiting patiently all these years to be able to buy fast wheels... Uh, In the USA, we now officially have a U.S. distributor. So aftermarketev.com will ship anywhere in the lower 48 uh, to your door, uh, all included in the price of their wheels. Go check them out. Um, They'd love to hear from you. And um, hopefully we'll see a little more action from our friends south of the border. Yes, I know a lot of people are asking about the EV1s. So now they're finally available if you want In stock, ready to go. They have EV1s, F24s, all your faves. Uh, The replicas, all of it. Mm Awesome. You know, if, if Tesla doesn't give me the first wheels, I'm buying those. <laughs> there you go. They are very nice. Well, you've seen them in person. Yeah. Very good. How about you, Eric? Uh, what do you recommend these days in terms of products or books or whatever you're reading these so, days? So um, my vehicle, uh, as we've discovered in this lengthy podcast, is not a very mod specked out car. <laughs> um, it is long range, which by and large is a unicorn already. Um, if there's a product I can recommend, it's one of, from our show sponsor, Evanex. It is the cup holder insert. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about the cup holder insert. <laughs> so this product is, you don't think you need it, 
But let me tell you something. Once you have it, you're going to wish why you didn't get it sooner. So a couple of things. One, it is a great way. If you're someone who's prone to spillage or a snack explosion where things just kind of fly everywhere, uh, it's great because you can easily just take out the silicone mold and you just clean it and put it right back and your cup holder is nice and clean. Um, it also has these awesome tabs in there. So if you have like a 16-point blank ounce bottle of water, a lot of times in your cup holder, it just kind of shifts around and might topple over. This holds it right in, in the space. Now, there are some people who say, what if I have a large thermos or something? Odds are likely you can always just take out the silicone mold, put in your, your thermos, and you're going to be okay. But even then, if you got a thermos that's like a gallon size, you know, sippy cup, you, you got bigger problems than a cup holder. Um, <laughs> but it's a great product. It's been very helpful. And there are times where I don't need to charge my phone. I just put my phone right there. It's not slipping and sliding around uh, in the cup holder. So it's really, really awesome. Uh, you can get that at evernext.com. Search for cup holder insert or just go to the Model 3 pages for interior accessories. You'll see it there. Um, if you use the discount code HIGH5, H-I-G-H-5 at checkout for orders over $50, you save five ducks. Um, <laughs> there you go know there. Um, my book recommendation. Uh, so <laughs> this week, this week um, we would have celebrated the anniversary of Apollo 13 uh, and their return to Earth uh, on Monday. Yeah, on Monday uh, right. was the day they had their accident uh, back in uh, in the early 1970s. So um, if you're I'm a space geek the way Ian is, I don't have a massive shelf of books behind me. If you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> I have a blank gray wall. Um, which is really, I have a Florida state thing on the floor, which is really, you can see how much work I've done on my house during the pandemic. Um, but with that in mind, one of the most interesting books I've read, more about corporate culture, but specifically focusing on NASA culture. Apollo 13, to me, was more of the most memorable things that NASA ever did. Uh, to me, it's one of their greatest achievements. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's a failure by and large, but of course, it was a, a successful failure because the astronauts came yeah. home. Um, but on January 28th, 1986, um, about a, just over a minute after launch, uh, we lost several astronauts in the Columbia disaster. I'm sorry, in Challenger. Uh, Challenger disaster uh, just off the launch pad. The book that Diane Vaughn put together uh, in her investigation about what happened uh, in the wake of that accident is called The Challenger Launch Decision. Now, if you've never read this book, uh, it is a very, very thick, hearty book. If you're into um, corporate culture, read the book. If you're into space history, read the book. Uh, if you're just into awesome science facts, read the book. The large crux of it is the, she, the basic thing is what went into the decision that morning after what was an unusually frigid cold night here in, in Florida uh, as to what led them to basically go or no go for that launch. Um, had things gone a different way, had there not been pressure from upper management and NASA and other places uh, to sort of get this off the ground. Because again, if you guys remember, this is Chris McAuliffe, teacher in space, the whole big thing. There was a lot of incentive to get this mission to go. Um, and the decisions that fell in that wake are just all revealed in this book. It's, it's a riveting book. It's amazing. Tons of data. The research is absolutely incredible. Dan did a fantastic job. It's in paperback form if you're into that. But if I suggest get the hardcover because the, just the flaps are amazing. The Challenger Launch Decision by Dan Vaughn. Uh, really quickly, you can find me on Twitter. The handle is ECFIX, E-C-F-I-X. And last but not least, I now have a new podcast. Uh, tomorrow, when we go live with this video on April 17th, it is our 11th show of the Call Me Curious podcast. Uh, it's a 10-minute podcast. It's at 10 minutes. 
10 minutes, GS Minutos, uh, where I give you facts about the universe and everything in it. Uh, we have things, for example, on the next show, we have uh, subjects on inventions and patents, um, uh, hypocrisy, uh, good tippers, all kinds of stuff. For example, I'll, I'll release this nugget on today. Do you know what the Q in Q-tip stands for? I'm sure you're going to tell us. <laughs> well, does anybody here, anybody here know no, what know. it is? Okay. The Q stands for quality. So oh. when you clean your ears or a baby's nose or whatever, you're using what's called quality tips. You're welcome. Oh. <laughs> right? These are the things, these are weird things we discover in the show. Um, we talk about all kinds of cool things. If you want to go now to listen to the prior episodes, less than an hour and a half. That's it. Less, you can listen to a murder podcast for two hours and get less information than I'm going to give you in 30 minutes. So, yeah, 10-minute shows. Call Me Curious. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, in it's your everywhere. car, it's all there. Everywhere. I can vouch for Tune it. In. We listen to it religiously. We love the show. You Thank know what? You. For for a person who's doing a podcast for his very first time, the quality is outstanding. Thank you. So it yeah. sounds like you've been doing it for ten years. It's it's definitely. I will. Like I will make sure you guys get forward. your twenty dollars when the show is over. Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> it is excellent. By the way, I should mention that uh, if anybody wants to follow Mark, you can just follow him on Twitter or YouTube. Uh, Mark Benton. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to take your thunder here. Now, my oh, product yeah. recommendation was going to be exactly what Eric said, which was the cup holder insert. God, I love mine. It's amazing. You know what? It's one of the, the least expensive accessories you can make that makes a huge difference in your life. So I can certainly vouch for it. Anyways, enough about that. Uh, book, what am I listening to? Well, not I, I have a bunch of stuff I'm listening to right now, but I'm going to make a recommendation based on a movie that I just watched with my wife this week. And it is a Stephen King book called Full Dark, No Stars. It's four short stories. Now, if, you, if you're a Stephen King fan, you'll find that sometimes his short stories are actually better than the long stuff. And this is certainly no case. This was released a number of years ago. But more specifically, the audiobook version. Oh, my God. It's, written, it, it is, it's actually read by um, the actor named uh, Craig Wasson. And my God, does he ever bring the characters to life like you've never heard in your life. I highly recommend, just go to audible.com, look up Full Dark No Stars, and listen to the sample. You'll be sold instantly. Fantastic book. Four stories. One of them, the first one is called 1922. They made a Netflix movie about I won't ruin it for you. Definitely watch it. But the book is amazing. Anyways, that's my recommendation. Uh, Full Dark No Stars by Stephen King. Big fan. Anyway, so that brings us basically to the end of the show. If you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter, and the handle is Tesla Owners Online. Don't forget to check out the forum at teslaownersonline.com. It's the best place to talk about Tesla stuff. And um, yeah, I also want to say thank you to our three sponsors, the guys at Doolaban Insurance, Fine Lamb Ceramic Coatings, and the guys at EvanX who make awesome, awesome Tesla accessories. Any closing thoughts, guys, or is this it? I actually forgot to plug do. a book that I want to recommend. Oh, please do. Yes. Uh, so a, a friend of ours, uh, some of you know him. He's local here in South Florida. He's a very a big space fanatic, and he's also a writer, brand new author. He just published a book. His book is called Mars Mission One. It's oh. a sci-fi thriller. It's insane. I recommend it. I haven't finished it yet, but it's a really good book. Uh, I think it's available on Amazon. Mm -hmm. uh, again, his name is Chris. Lee Jones. Uh, okay. He goes by the Twitter handle uh, Launchpad3. 
Cool. And his book is called Mars Mission One. It's really, really good. I recommend Very it. Very good. I'll put that in the link. So links to all the books and all of our recommendations will be in the podcast. Uh, it'll take me a little longer to get out because i got to fish them up. But um, mm-hmm. anyways, that's pretty much it. Uh, thanks for everybody for joining us, Mark and uh, Raphael, for, for joining on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Hey, no problem. Anytime. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening, guys. And please stay safe out there. And we'll talk stay to you home. soon. Thank you. Take care. Bonsoir tout le monde. Thanks to all the doctors, nurses, everybody out there. Thank you. Tip your cashiers. (laughs) Ciao.